I is Michael Sinoff, and here is part two. The title of part two is called The Importance of Over-Delivering. The key to making more money in audio interviews is to over-deliver. If you respect your listeners' time by making your audios interesting and valuable, you'll be building a lasting relationship with your audience, and that will more than pay off over time. So in part two of this interview, you'll hear ideas how to add value to your product. You'll also hear how to get your audios to sound entertaining and professional, but not staged or phony. You'll learn how to make JV deals that will allow you to market your services to someone else's list. You'll learn how to get qualified prospects to your site. You'll learn why you'll want to start collecting names and email addresses of the people who visit your site and what to do with them. You'll learn how to turn your ebook into a high-end product no matter what it currently sells for. You'll hear guidelines for finding an honest marketer and some easy ways to check their credibility. You'll learn why you'll want to sell results and how to do that. So get ready for this two-part interview. I know you're going to love it. Now let's get going. You know the 20-minute audio that you put at the end of your CD. You know, that's not an ad to me. To me, it was so valuable because I got to listen to it and hear all kinds of things that you're doing. And you were teaching me not only what to do, but how to do the promotion. Well, that's what it's all about. It's about getting your audio in the head of your prospect and doing it in a format that he's accustomed to that's not foreign to him, that they're not afraid of, that they're not uncomfortable with, that they're not used to. And it's subtle. In audio interview, we're all sold on that through watching television, through watching the news, you know, the anchor people out there on location doing interviews. We've grown up with it. We know what it is, and there's value in that because we're all sold on that audio interview. A hard-hitting sales letter, a direct marketing copy-written sales letter. Most of us out there really have never been exposed to that before unless you're kind of into the field. The average guy doesn't know what copywriting is. Well, that's true. There's something else, too, and you've mentioned this before on your other audios. The audio format is so easy because you can take it with you in your iPod or your car or whatever, whereas video you have to sit down and watch. A book or an ad, you have to sit down and read. But an audio, you can just have it playing. That's so true. And I interviewed Vic Conant of Nightingale Conant. They're the largest information product seller in the world. They sell all this Zig Ziglar stuff, Brian Tracy, Deepak Chopra, all that stuff. And I talked to them about that. And they are primarily audio publishers. They don't sell much video. Much of the video out there that you see, you see a talking head delivering content, but they could do their listener a big favor by unlocking that listener or that customer from the screen. You could just have that as an MP3 file. You don't have to see the guy talking to get the information inside your head. And with audio, by making it mobile, and let me tell you, I believe five years from now, maybe even shorter, the devices like our cell phones and MP3 players, these things are going to be virtually free. Everyone, I think, in the world will be able to get their hands on an MP3 player, a device that plays audio through the Internet for virtually nothing. I mean, you watch the iPods go down in price. Six months ago, the iPod Shuffle was $100. It's now half that. 
And with other players coming into the market, the storage devices like the USB storage devices that can play Flash and the iPod MP3 players and the cell phone technology like the iPhones, the iPhones are almost like huge hard drives, but they also operate as phones. So the years to come, as bandwidth gets more effective, you're going to be able to stream audio and video through the air to any place in the world. So what's the most valuable thing you want? You want to have content to stream. You want to have audio, audio that allows people to take these mobile devices on the road with them. And video is valuable. There's no doubt. Video compared to audio will outsell hands down if you can get the prospect to watch your video because they're integrating their eyes and their ears. But I believe you have a better chance of getting the information in your prospect's head when you give it to them as audio compared to video because you can listen to audio while you're exercising, while you're driving, while you're cleaning the house, while you're doing something online. There are two things that I've found are really popular, and that is how-tos and entertainment. And you can make your how-to entertaining. So people just choose to listen to it. Why commute for an hour listening to rock music or whatever when you could be learning how to do something? Yeah, that's right. And people are learning that now. And with the technology, they're making it available now. Oh, it's so easy. That's a good segue because the next question is, how do I get my audios to sound professional? I'll tell you what I use, and I'm sure I could do a better job of it. I know when I first started, I was doing a really poor job because I didn't know about a digital recorder. I was using a piece of software called Modem Spy, which was something you downloaded on your computer, and it allowed me to do a two-way recording on the phone. Now, all my stuff is done via phone, so I'm using a Sony digital recorder. It's called a Sony ICD-ST10. I probably bought this thing four years ago from Circuit City for about a hundred bucks. And it's a little digital recorder. It takes two AAA batteries and it plugs into a device that you get from Radio Shack. If you go to RadioShack.com and in their search field just type in record telephone conversations. They have several different little devices that you plug into your digital recorder and then one you plug into the back of the phone and it allows you to record a phone call two ways into this digital recorder. And I'm pretty happy with the quality of this. You have to keep in mind right now that the quality of your audio recording, no matter what equipment you use, if you're doing it by telephone, it's still going to sound like the guys on a telephone on the other end. Like I could have very high-end equipment on my end, but the guy I'm interviewing on the telephone, no matter what, he's still coming through a telephone speaker. So you can't really improve it that much. And I don't want a big lopsided balance. I don't want to sound like a broadcast studio, but the other guy sounds like he's on a telephone. I'd rather sound similar so it's more of a match rather than a contrast. Also, your quality of your audio right now, I mean, our bandwidth is getting better, but these files are pretty big. When you have an hour's worth of audio and you convert it to an MP3 file, it's a pretty large file. And if you went with a WAV file, which is about 10 times bigger, you're going to make it real difficult for your listeners to get that file onto their digital devices or download it. You have to present your audio MP3 file in a certain bit rate, which makes it manageable to download so they're not stuck online for hours downloading your file. But as time goes by, the Internet's going to be able to handle these larger bandwidths, and you can increase the size of your files, therefore getting a better quality sounding recording. 
and I think that's all in time. But I'm using the Sony Digital Recorder. There are other things out there that I am sure are better. There's a guy out there called Mike Stewart, Internet Audio Guy. He's got all this high-tech equipment that he sells. It's pretty expensive. I would look at what he has and then hit eBay and compare prices. You may even find it cheaper on eBay, but you can learn about it on his site. So it all depends on which way you want to go. Now, using Skype, using voice over IP, you can get some incredible sounding quality where you're not recording through a telephone and you're recording through the Internet. There's some drawbacks to it. The quality is incredible. If you don't mind doing the editing, there's a delay sometimes, though. Sometimes your Internet will go out. It's not as reliable as the telephone. So I did play around with it. I got frustrated with that. And, you know, I think providing an audio interview through the phone-type sound, again, people are used to it. It doesn't sound like they're trying to be sold something with this high-end, crystal-clear production. I know there are some people who appreciate that, but some people like that just good enough sound. It gives it kind of a raw feeling. I don't know how to explain it. It's more homey. It's more homey, yeah. And since people use the phone, they're used to that sound anyway. They're used to what it sounds like talking to someone over the phone. So when you listen to an interview of me interviewing someone over the phone, it's a familiar sound. It's not too far off from what they're used to. I think that's a really good point. Somebody asked me one time, how come my shows didn't sound like they were broadcast right? And I said, I don't want them to be. They're informal, they're casual, they're friendly. Why should I make them sound like they came out of Larry King's studio? That's right. It's like the car salesman who comes to you in the four-piece suit trying to sell you a car rather than the salesman who walks up in maybe some casual jeans and a golf shirt. <laughs> Look, I'm sure I could be doing better on the sound quality department. I'm pretty happy with what I have right now. Yeah, I am too. Let me see now. Making audios is all fine and dandy, but how do I get people to come and listen to them? Well, that's where marketing comes in, and we talked a little bit about it. The most efficient way is to find people who already have the list. Don't spend your life building your own list. That's one way, but you could bypass all that by finding an expert who already has a mailing list that he spent his whole life for the last five years or ten years building, and you can approach them to do a joint venture. So let's say you did an audio interview on how to alleviate back pain using five secret techniques of EFT. And you did that interview, and in that interview, let's say you interjected a couple of your testimonials from real clients. Oh, there's so many people marketing golf products. Let's say you approach the guy who sells to the golf market a meditational tape that helps golfers improve their game by listening to this recording. And you say, you've got these 20,000 customers who have bought your subliminal tapes to improve their golf game. Would you like to do a deal? I'm an expert at helping golfers who have back pain alleviate their back pain. And, you know, you're probably not marketing to your list once they bought the product, which is probably true. They buy the product and they never hear from the owner again, but this will give you a reason to contact your customers again and introduce them to something new. You haven't talked to them in a while anyway. Why don't you send out an email introducing a revolutionary way to eliminate back pain, and we could provide this audio interview I did to your customers, and if anyone listens to it and buys my product or buys my service, I'll pay you 50%. So the whole idea is you didn't have to develop that list. That list is already sitting there in this guy's database. 
how could you find people like that? I mean, if you went on to eBay and typed in golf products, eBay will show you a feedback rating of each seller. And that feedback rating will give you a number anywhere between zero and up to 100,000. If you found a guy selling a golf product and he had a 50,000 feedback rating, that means he's got at least 50,000 customers who have bought from him. And eBay owns PayPal now. And when you are buying and transacting business through PayPal, in your PayPal account, you can download an Excel file of your entire database of everyone who's bought from you. And most people who are eBay sellers and PayPal users don't even know this. I can go into PayPal right now. I've had a PayPal account probably for 10 years, and I can download an entire list of every single transaction that I've done over the last 10 years in an Excel format. And with PayPal, that includes an email address, first name, last name, mailing address, zip code. So you have an entire database. So let's say you found someone selling that golf product on eBay. You know that he's got a database of at least 50,000 people on his list. So you can just tap in to this guy's life work, tap into tens or maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars of his advertising that he spent over all these years to sell his subliminal golf improvement audios, and just say, hey, let's do a deal. And you can tap into all that by giving him a piece of the action. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know you could do that with PayPal. Yep. Anyone who's got a PayPal account has their entire database in PayPal. And PayPal also has a feedback rating as well. You can go into PayPal stores. These are PayPal users that have products and services, and it's segmented by different categories and different services. And you can look at their ratings and determine how large their list is. And then you can contact them. Another great way, if you want to get in touch with a PayPal owner, everyone who has and accepts PayPal, there's one email they always love to see, and it's the one that says, PayPal, you've got money. You can find someone's PayPal email address and send them a penny and get their attention. So you can send as well as a penny to somebody. So, Angela, I could type in your PayPal email and send you a penny and have a subject line that says, Angela, a penny for your thoughts, and then I've got an idea here that can help you get more customers. And it's a way you can get your email through and get attention almost 100% of the time. That's just good. And it'll only cost you a penny, or I could send you a dollar or a dime or whatever. Well, now, Michael, we've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you it again. Why do you give away so many interviews? Other than you'd have to make all kinds of deals with the people you interview, it seems like you give away the whole house, much less the baby in the bathwater. What if I don't have the same end in view that you? You do, making audios for people, what should my end be? I'm an EFT therapist. That end is up to you. Your end should be to buy your life back, to buy your time back, to leverage your time. If you're selling face-to-face and you're providing a service that's taking hours out of your day where you have to be there, your goal should be to come up with an idea to automate the sales process or to first develop a product that you can sell that will take you out of that trading time for dollars position. And the best way to do that, you're already selling an expertise. You're already doing a good job as a practitioner. You're already meeting with people. By recording it, canning it, and cloning it, you now can take that expertise and sell it to anyone in the world rather than doing that one-on-one work where you have to do it to make a living to survive. So your number one goal, I feel, unless you absolutely love trading time for dollars and you have all the time in the world, and it doesn't mean you have to stop doing that. You can continue to do that, but be more selective of who you're doing that with, but have an end game in mind. Know that every time you're doing that, you're creating more value for your product. 
I wouldn't be doing this interview with you today, Angela, if I didn't know that this interview will be edited, it'll be cleaned up, and it will be part of one of my audio recordings in my Audio Marketing Secrets product. And we've invested an hour and a half today, but I only have to do this once with you, and I'll be able to sell this interview or use it in my package to increase the value of my product forever. Yeah, and we both benefit because we both mentioned our websites and our businesses. It's great for both of us. Absolutely. We both benefit. We made a deal. We're going to do the interview with each other. You're going to be able to use it for your radio show. I'm going to be able to use it and package it in my Audio Marketing Secrets product, where it may just become another great interview up on my website at hardtofindseminars.com. And so back to why do I give away so much? I want to blow my competition away. I want anyone out there who wants to learn about marketing, audio, marketing their business, growing their business without advertising, Internet marketing, all the topics that I've done interviews with. I want to be known as the one place that provides high-end, quality, downloadable, free audio content from the Internet. As I keep building my website, I'll tell you, I'm sure there's a lot of people selling the same type of information that I give away for free. They're trying to sell it for a lot of money, and they're having a hard time competing with me because some of the stuff I'm giving away for free is better than the stuff they're selling for a lot of dollars. So it kind of clears out the marketplace a little bit for me. But here's the main reason. Why do I give it away all for free? And it goes back to your number one reason why you want a website in the first place. The real number one reason is to get a name, to get a name and an email address and preferably a mailing address to get the targeted prospect interested in what you have to fill out that form. Because if you don't have a name and an email address, you don't have anyone to market your product when you're ready to sell it. So I'm doing it for that reason, getting a name, getting an email address, getting a mailing address. But at the same time, there's lots of other benefits like building my brand, building credibility, establishing a relationship with my listener and so many other things. There's a lot of different reasons. So when you give away your interviews and you get the name and email address of the person who signed up for those interviews, what do you do next? Well, when someone goes to my website, so you're going to have listeners listening to this right now, and after they hear the radio show, hopefully they're going to be pretty interested in what I've talked about, and they're going to go to hardtofindseminars.com. And they won't be able to get into the site unless they enter their first name or their first and last name and an email address. And once they do that, there's a confirmation email that's sent to the email address that they entered in the form. Once they click on that confirmation email, they'll be sent another email that gets them into the site, that gets them to where all the 150 hours of audio interviews are, where they can download them or listen to them or play them online, okay? That's the trade-off. They get my free stuff. They give me their name. Then that name goes into what's called an autoresponder. An autoresponder is an automatic message delivery system. It delivers email messages to them automatically. And I have probably 60 different emails that will go out over the next 18 months to the person who filled out that form. Now, a lot of marketers will just start hustling and selling stuff to that name, but I want to use those emails to build credibility. Now, my site, it's pretty massive. So what I'm going to do in that autoresponder series over the next year is to say, hey, Angela, here's another interview that's on negotiating, and you can find it right here. Because my site's pretty large, I provide a service by telling them and giving them a link, telling them exactly where the interview is instead of fumbling around the site and getting lost. Throughout that series of interviews, I may say, here's 32 hours of audio interviews on copywriting. 
you know, improving the way you write can really help your web business. And I've interviewed some of the best experts on the subject, and here they are. And I'll give you the link. And sure enough, they go to the link, and sure enough, there's 30 hours of audio interviews on copyright. I am building value. I am building trust. I am over-delivering to the hilt to this person who's entered their name and address. So I'm building credibility. So I'm establishing a relationship with that customer who's come to my site, and hopefully I've impressed them. And hopefully when I send out a promotion that maybe makes them an offer on my audio marketing secrets, which is my complete course on how to create audio information products, it's the only course that I position myself as the expert. It's the only thing I sell where I'm positioned as the expert. And it's just based on my experience over the last six years of doing audio interviews and how to take those interviews and turn them into transcripts and create products and how to increase the value of your ebook or your existing products. It's just everything I know about doing audio interviews and how to make money with that. So when I offer them a special offer on that where they can try it, and that is the actual offer, they can get my entire audio marketing secrets without paying me a dime. My offer is so risk-free, I'll give them the entire product. They don't have to pay me a thing. Only if they're happy with it in 30 days do I charge their cards. And I can verify the quality of it. It's awesome. Yeah, I have hours and hours of consultations in there that I've done with students who have ordered the course. And I've got Mordecai. I've been doing a lot of these consultations because I just did a promotion with it. So I have another six or seven hours of consultations with people who all have dreams, all have ideas. The one thing they have in common is they want to leverage their time. They want to buy their life back and buy their time back. And doing what I've done has done this for me. It really has. Well, another question that's right along the lines of that. They say, I'm an artist, and I can't see how this would benefit me, but I'm fascinated. Please tell me how I could, one, get more traffic with qualified buyers to my site, two, make more sales, and three, use audios for my business. Okay, well, this artist says that they can't see how it would benefit them. I would have to ask, as an artist, are they selling their artwork? If they're selling their artwork, I can absolutely see how this would benefit them. If they're selling their artwork, you know, selling is selling. I would love to see an interview about that artist, how they got influenced in art, what makes their art special, who are some of the customers who have bought their art previously. I would interview the heck out of that artist and find out everything I can about them. You know, what makes their art valuable? What inspires them? What type of people like their art? Has their art increased in value over time? Is art a good investment? You know, all those things. How can art beautify my house? You know, I would sell the benefits of that artist's artwork. So they can use audio to pre-sell and to sell their expertise as an artist, number one. How could I, number one, get more traffic or qualified buyers to my site, make more sales, use audios for my business? Well, make more sales by having an effective selling presentation and being able to deliver that presentation via audio through the Internet for virtually free, that's going to get them more sales. They're going to pre-qualify their customers. They're going to build a relationship with their potential customers who want to maybe buy their art or who want to buy any type of art. So that's going to help them leverage that to get more sales. How can they use audio for the business? I'm sure that artist has been influenced and has a lot to say about art and what it's meant to them. Well, maybe anyone who buys their art 
can get a series of five one-hour interviews with other artists or depending on why the person's buying the art. It could be an interview with an expert on how to invest in art for your future, you know, maybe a financial gain by investing in art, what to look for when buying quality investment art, or you can interview an interior design, how good quality paintings can improve your life by having it in your home. I mean, I'm sure that artist has things that they're passionate about that they can find experts to interview, and they could post those free on their website and use that as a reason to get visitors to their site and then offer to sell the art or then use those interviews to capture an email address and a name to begin to build that relationship with the visitor to the site and then potentially sell your art. A lot of different ways. We've talked about a lot of those things already. And there's more. In the Audio Marketing Secrets product that I offer, in my consultations, I go over all kinds of ideas that I'm sure this artist can benefit from. That artist could probably do five tips of taking care of your sculpture or something like that, something really simple. Anything valuable. Absolutely. So here's another question. I listened to Alex Mendozian and Steve Harrison saying you can make more money by using your book chapters in audio form. It sounds good. But my book on energy and EFT only makes a few sales a month online. Will it help to make it into audios? And how do I get more traffic who would be interested in the subject and willing to pay not just for audios and the book, but my services too? You know, everyone knows a book sells for about 19 bucks, 20 bucks. If it's an e-book, it may sell for even less than that, maybe more. But when you think of a book... People have a preconceived price of what a book goes for. Would you agree? Absolutely. First of all, you know, most people, I don't know what the statistic is. It's really sad. But like 95% of everyone who buys a book never even gets past the first chapter. Oh, that is sad. It's absolutely true. And there was another stat from Nightingale Conant, from Vic Conant, about how most people who buy the audio programs never get past the first tape. And the reason is with a book, and you talked about it a little bit, people get busy with a book. You need absolute concentration, quiet time, no interruptions. I mean, how many people in today's hectic life really have that luxury to sit down and curl up on the couch and spend two or three hours reading a book? Some people can, and then how many people really love to read? Reading is hard compared to listening to audio. What do you think most people like to do, read or watch TV? TV, you just sit there and watch. There's no effort involved in watching TV or listening to audio. Reading, you really got to concentrate. You've got to make sure you're in a place where there's not going to be any interruptions. What I'm getting at, by taking those book chapters and turning them into audio, whether you hire someone to read the chapters into a digital recorder and provide that as an audio, you know, there's a whole new huge website dedicated to the spoken word audio called audible.com. Because people's lives are becoming so busy and so hectic, you're buying their time back. You're turning their wasted time, maybe commutes to and from work or on mass transportation or while they're exercising. You're turning that dead time into productive learning time or time where they could absorb information that otherwise they wouldn't have time to absorb. So by providing audio and creating chapters in audio format, you're providing more value to them so people will pay more for that. And there's a higher perceived value when you offer the audio in addition to the book, the transcripts of the audio. You can charge more for that. And I have a saying, the more you talk, the more you make. And then your book becomes a program. It becomes a home study guide. It becomes a seminar. Seminars sell for a lot more than books. It becomes a home study system, a training, 
And if you keep adding audio to that, the more good quality audio that provides value based on the subject to your potential market, the more you can charge, the more you talk, the more you make. My HMA marketing consulting training, which is a home study system that teaches people how to become marketing consultants, sells for $5,970. And I'm going to tell you, Angela, that entire product started at a $25 book. Wow, really? Yep. I'm not the expert. The guy's name is Richard, and he's the marketing expert. He was an original J. Abraham protege. He started with a book that he wrote. And I contacted him, and we did a joint venture where I promoted him and positioned him as an expert. And our whole HMA training, it all started with his book. But we've done hours and hours and hours and hours of audio interviews and providing more value to the students who want to become marketing consultants, and we're able to get that. And all the audio you do, even if it becomes your product, later on as you get more and more, you could use that audio as promotional content to sell your product, too. And that's all discussed in the Audio Marketing Secrets product. Whew. Pretty wild, huh? It's awesome. There's so many possibilities. It's just dizzying. Yeah, you can't get overwhelmed. you just got to start with one. Do one. Learn to do one, and then you're good to go. Learn to record one. Learn to get an interview. Get confident that people will say yes. Do the interview. Edit the interview. Get it transcribed. Get the description written. Get a headline written. Be able to get it up on the Internet. If you can do that one time, you're ready to go. Your confidence will skyrocket, and you'll be able to do it over and over and over and over again. And that's what I've done, just on different subjects and different topics and different markets. Yeah, and then, you know, you could probably take part of those transcripts and put them onto ethanearticle.com and have traffic come through that. Great idea. Absolutely, you can. And I'll give you a perfect example. On the HMA Marketing Consulting, I paid someone to take the transcripts of the interviews that I've done and create 50 articles. And you can create all kinds of articles from your transcripts of your audio interviews. And I have those at, I think it's easingarticles.com or one of those easing sites. And I've done the same for another product that I have. So, sure, it all starts with great questions, answering the questions that your potential prospects want to know the answers to. That's where it all starts. Then when you've done the interview and you've cleaned it up, you have the transcripts. The transcripts will work for you as a special report and as transcripts. You provide those people who love to read. There's many people who can read faster than they can listen, and they're readers. They're voracious. They can get through reading content faster than audio. So you're doing them a favor by providing it in a readable format. And then you can break them apart and create articles from it, or you can make it a special report, or you can create a press release from it. But it all starts from that interview. Well, I'll tell you something else, too, and that is that I found that if I take part of that article and post it on my blog, it gets immediate attention. Then it just goes from there. So here's a question from Mariana Michaels. She is an energy practitioner at daretobehappy.com. She says, where do you get ideas of people to interview? It's a great question. It starts with who I want to interview. I can search them on Google and find them. You know, I had mentioned before that I have a PR expert who provides PR services to some high-end people. He'll feed people to me. I don't need ideas. Interview experts are all over the place. But here, I think I know what you're asking. Where can I find experts to approach to interview? How about Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com? You could spend 10 lifetimes finding experts to interview. Anyone who's authored a book is raising their hand saying, I'm an expert and I want more people to know more about me. 
And just because they're a published expert and they have their book on Amazon means nothing. It doesn't mean they're successful or super successful. It just means that they have something that they want to say and that they've drawn a line in the sand and they've established themselves as an expert on a certain subject. Well, if you have the author's name of that book, you can certainly find their website or contact information and send them an invitation to be interviewed for your website. If I just left you with that one idea, you'd never run out of people, topics, or anything. Well, not only that, but I found that the people that I interview always say, well, you know, I've got a couple of friends that you should interview, too. Sure, yeah, you can be referred. It could come from your customer list, case stories. If you hear good feedback from your customers, you can interview them. It can come from all around you. But let's say you don't know anybody at all and you want a list of potential people to contact for an interview, start with Amazon.com. And one thing with Amazon.com, they allow you to look inside the book. All right, well, let's say you found your expert on Amazon.com. You can look inside the book and see the whole entire table of contents. And that table of contents can be the framework for all your questions for that interviewee subject. So you really don't even have to do that much work in coming up with the questions for the interview. Because that table of contents is organized in a way, and believe me, that author thought long and hard on what to put in the table of contents because that's the content of their book. And you can use that as an outline for your interview questions. And you can also have a theme, you know, like I do with my Daring Dreamer Showcase, you know, where I have four specific questions I ask each person. I mean, there's so many different ways. And also, I found that each person that I interview has questions they want me to ask them. Yeah, that's true, too. That's right. You will find there are some interviewee subjects who want to control the interview, and they'll set the criteria. Let's say it's a big name. I interviewed a copywriter, and he's been around a long time, very well known, and I guess he wanted to control the interview. And he said, look, I'll do the interview, but we're going to do my questions. I said, all right, that's fine. And that's okay, because I just wanted his big name, and he wanted to provide me the questions, so it just saved me time, and he did all the work in coming up with the questions. So really, all I had to do is set the appointment and ask the questions and let him talk. Yeah. So you were going for positioning, and he was going for exposure. That's right. We talked about different reasons for doing an interview, and I asked you who would you be honored to have as a sponsor. You do it for free just to be associated with that name. I wanted this name of this copywriter so I could say I've interviewed this guy. So they have marquee value. So when you say your product includes an interview with this guy, well-known expert in his field, gives your product more value, gives you more value, gives your site more value. So there's interviews you want to land with famous people within your field, which will just only help you. Well, now, what are some of the worst mistakes you've made, and how can we avoid them? I'd say the only worst mistake I've made would probably be some of my earlier interviews, the quality of the audio, which I was using this modem spy software. And I guess I was just too lazy to research and find a better quality. I didn't think my site was going to turn into what it was doing. I think maybe sloppy work from when I first started. If you're going to do it, I would tell you, do it right. Treat that interview as an investment. Edit it properly. Don't be sloppy in the final production of your audio interview or your product. Do it the best you can. If you have to invest a lot of money in doing it, it's worth it to have a great product because once someone buys that product or listens to that, that makes a statement about who you are and the services you provide. And you don't want sloppy work going out because you're just going to be associated with sloppy work. 
So do it right from the very beginning, and then you've got something very valuable that you can always use to provide you income. It's a fine line, too, isn't it? I mean, we were talking earlier about having the telephone sound, and yet at the same time, you don't want it to look like a garbage mess. Yeah, that's right. I think it's okay having that telephone sound, but you've got to respect your listener's time. They are busy as hell. There's a million other things they could be doing besides listening to your interview. When we talk about music, someone had asked, where can I get music? You know, I know on your radio show it's traditional to have intro music. On my audio interviews, I don't start with music. When I listen to audio interviews and there's music in the beginning, I'm saying, come on, come on, I'm busy. I've got to go pick up the kids. I wish this music wasn't here. Let's get into it. Respect your listener's time and get to the meat of the stuff. No fluff. Get to the meat and give them the goods. Deliver the goods. Deliver the results. Deliver the value without any of the fluff. And they'll appreciate you for it because you're respecting their time. That's true. And really, the music is just a branding device. It's a branding device. And I have a short little piece of music. I'll take a clip, kind of like a trailer for a movie you see on TV. It's a trailer. It's a high point of the audio interview where I may be saying something or my interviewee subject will be saying something. And I'll put that short clip at the beginning, kind of like a trailer on a movie. And then I'll have my music after that. But the music's very short. It's only for about maybe three or four seconds. I think that's really smart. I like to fade it away behind things so that it goes behind the speaking. There's also something that I've experienced, which is there's a couple of interviews that I've done that didn't show up on my recorder. Talk about embarrassing. Have you done that? I have once or twice started an interview with somebody and realized that my digital recorder wasn't turned on. It wasn't too bad, and I caught it early on. Well, a couple examples. There was one interview, and this is real important with the phone line, I did with a high-end consulting guy. I had done one great interview with him, and then we did another one on a different subject. And what happened is when I called in, I called into his front desk, and his front desk transferred the call to his office, where before it was a direct line-to-line connection. Oh, yeah, so it came through the desk. Yes, so everything sounded fine, but when I played it back, it was just distorted. You could hear it, but the quality was awful. (laughs) That's why you need that hardwire phone, phone phone-to-phone, not through any kind of front office, nothing like that. So that kind of screwed up. I was still able to transcribe it, so anyone who who couldn't stand listening to it, could read the transcripts. It wasn't a total loss. Then there was one interview. It was a two-part interview, and I completed the interview, and I tried to get the audio file off of my digital recorder, and it shows you at what percent the audio interview has been sucked off the recorder, and right at 99%, it froze up, and I could not get that interview off the recorder. But the person I interviewed had recorded the call, and I had a backup, and he sent me the digital audio, so it wasn't a loss. Sony is a great brand name. Very rarely do I have problems with it, and I do trust it to deliver, and it has delivered 99.9% of the time. But if you had a very high-end interview, a real once-in-a-lifetime, I would have a backup. I'd record with your digital recorder. There's conference call services that offer recording. So, Angela, I would have you call into the conference call, and I would meet you there in the conference call, and that conference call service would record the audio digitally as well, and then I would have my digital recorder on my end, so I'd have a backup just in case. Yeah, I've done that too. I interviewed somebody last week. I felt so honored to have him on my show, and I did a double whammy like that. That's smart. Well, now, what are some of the best questions that you've asked? You know, the best questions I have asked are the questions that my listeners want to hear. Here's a great example. There's a type of interview I do and a type of interview that you or your listeners can do that they can never go wrong. And, Angela, we're doing it right now. 
What questions are you asking me? Well, I emailed my list, and I asked them what questions they'd want to know if they did audio interviews or audios for sale. And so I'm asking the questions that they want to know about. So we're giving them exactly what they've asked for, right? Yep. So you can never go wrong with that format. Now, this will only work if you have a list of people to ask, what kind of questions would you like to hear in this interview? Fortunately, you have a list, and I have a list where I'm able to do that. And when you're doing an interview like this, it's a great format because you can never go wrong, and you're not guessing. You know, you ask me, what are some of the best questions I'm going to ask in the future? If my ego got in the way and said, well, I know exactly what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask this because I know what these listeners want to know. Well, I don't know. And, you know, your best questions are the questions that your market wants to know. So keep that in mind. But I do see what you're asking here, and there is some stuff to add to it. Because as you're asking the questions that your market wants to know, I think a good interviewer digs a little bit deeper. And they're almost like an annoying child that says, why, Daddy? Why, Daddy? Tell me why. You've got to really get into it. So if someone answers a question and you're doing your job and you're being a very good listener and there's still something unanswered in your mind, I think what separates a professional interviewer from one who's not a professional The one who's not a professional will go on to the next question, where the professional one will kind of feel that nagging unanswerdness or maybe something's not clear and will say, well, can you explain that in more detail or I don't understand that. A professional's not afraid to make sure they get the clarity of the answer and they're doing this for their listener. I would so agree with that. I think that that's really appealing to listen to an interview like that where it becomes more about a conversation rather than just rote answers. Right. It does make it flow a little bit better, and you got to dig. And then as you're asking these questions, you may want to get personal. You may want to ask questions that no one's ever thought of as long as it's not out of bounds. You may want to ask, well, how does your business affect your personal life with your wife? How do you feel about working this many hours and being away from your kids, traveling? You know, you can ask questions that relate not just to business, but you can integrate those business questions and money-making questions back to what it's like in their personal life because everyone listening has a personal life too. So you can merge the two and provide some pretty interesting stuff. Well, I sure agree with that. That's how I'd like to style my shows. And usually if it's more personal, people like to talk about themselves. There's no doubt about it. People who are in a position to have expertise in something, people who are authors, they like to talk. And so it's really interesting and it makes the interview unique. Yes, and if you're a good listener, they'll go into what's called a talking frenzy, and you won't be able to shut them up. (laughs) They become hypnotized with their own words. And it's really interesting. You know, you may not ask them anything, and they've talked for a whole hour, and they said, you know, I really like you. You've asked me so many great questions. (laughs) But it's just the fact about being listened to. Yeah, especially in this day and age where people don't listen much. That's exactly right. That's why it works so well. We've got some more questions here by Sophia Zoe. I think that's how you say her name. She's an energy therapist at sophiazoe.com, S-O-P-H-I-A-Z-O-E.com. 
and she wanted to know about how to verify the people that are marketing. Like she says, there's so many people online who claim to know how to help you market your business. They all give away something for free and ask money for further information. What are some guidelines for identifying the honest ones who come from a place of truth and integrity? Well, you know, I would go, number one, with your intuition. You know, if you look at their website and you read their sales copy and you learn a little bit about them, you can go with your gut. I think you should rely on your intuition first. Other ways is you can search their name on Google and see what comes up about them. You can look for any bad information on them. If someone's really out there hurting people, you know, with the Internet today, if someone's pissed, it'll be posted online somewhere so you can do your research on Google and see what you can find out about this person. Another way is you can see how long they've been in business, and you can see how popular their website is by going to alexa.com, A-L-E-X-A.com. This is a site that you can put any web address in, and you can see how popular the site is, how many visitors they get, how popular it is in relationship to every website in the world. And then over on the left side of the Alexa page, there's a site that's called the Wayback Machine. And this is a site that's been recording web pages and audio content and websites for many years and cataloging them and documenting them. So you could go to the Wayback Machine, type in hardtofindseminars.com, and you can see what my website looked like when I first started it. Oh, God. I could just think of all the awful websites that I've had and did. That's right. Well, we could go back and look at every single one of them, and it's all recorded there for anybody to see. There is a way for website owners to block the ability, but most people don't do that. So you can do research that way as well, and then you can ask the provider for testimonials and for references. So do your due diligence. Go with your intuition first. If they're asking for a lot of money for something, look at their guarantee. What's their guarantee? Do your research. Be careful, definitely. Yeah. Well, she also asks, I'm selling services rather than products at this time. She's an energy therapist who helps clients clear trauma and get balance. She senses that her approach regarding email marketing should be different than the in-your-face urgent deadline approach tactic. What are your recommendations regarding a soft sell? I can hear where she's going, and I can see how the two questions are connecting. What she's seeing is a lot of in-your-face hype marketing for products. Unfortunately, there's a lot of marketers out there who use that style because they may be learning from an expert that says that style works. You know, it's like the blind leading the blind. They're just copying what everyone else is doing. And there is a lot of hype out there that in your face, hurry, you know, like the mattress salesmen and the promotions, you know, for the furniture that you see on TV, even the used car dealerships. I guess it works for them. It's definitely not my style, and it sounds like that's not her style. And I think her intuition is telling her that that kind of style is annoying and in-your-face and is ineffective. So she's questioning, should she just copy what everyone else is doing, or should she go with a soft sell? And I think she's answered her own question by asking this question. She should go with a soft sell. That is not, in my opinion, the best way to sell someone on something. You want to provide value. You know, you want to educate your customer. The best way to establish credibility with your prospect is to educate them and provide them value for free. If she wants a soft sell approach using email, my recommendation would be to use a soft sell approach. Don't sell anything. Offer people on your list an email that provides resources of value and establish your credibility that way. 
maybe do an interview with an expert and in that email say, hey, here's an interview with an expert I just did on this or on that. Provide information on tools that will make the people on your email list their life easier. Angela, I'm going to tell you about a tool that it's just one of the best time-saving tools. I don't think we've talked about this, but when you go to a web form, how do you fill out a form? Like if you go into PayPal or any kind of thing where you have to put your username and password, do you do that manually? Actually, my computer takes care of that for me. Okay, but that's if you've been to a site already and you're revisiting it. What about like a new form? Are you filling out forms at all? Sometimes I do, but like I said, my computer remembers the information and puts it in for me. If I, if I just click in that box, it comes in. I got you. Okay. okay. Most times it does that. Other times I have to do it manually. There's a wonderful piece of software called RoboForm.com. So it's like a robotic form filler, and you put all your information, your name, your address, anything that you would ever have to fill out in a form. And it's automatically there, so whenever you come to a web page, let's say you want to order a product, and you've got to fill out all your information again, one click of the button, it fills it out for you. Wow. It is such a time-saving tool. Everyone should know about this tool and use it because it just saves so much time. Well, now how is security on it? It's very high-end, very secure. You can even have a password before it fills out the form that only you know. As a matter of fact, the first version I had, I forgot my master password, and I had to delete the whole software and redo it again. But it's fantastic. You know, she could do a little research and kind of find out what would make her customers or her prospects on her list, what would make their life easier, and do a service for them and direct them towards some things, and at that same time become an expert. There's something else, too, that I find. I like to tell little stories because it makes my emails unique. Most people don't do that. Usually sell, sell, sell. But I like to have them think of me as a friend and somebody that they can rely on to give them value. I think that's great, great advice, and I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, stories are absolutely critical, and they're necessary in effective selling. I'll give you a little tidbit. There's an interview I did with a guy and he was an expert on how to sell your script you know, and get it into Hollywood. And he worked for Cameron Crowe. And we did this whole interview. It's on my copywriting page of my interviews with all these copywriters. How to effectively use storytelling in your copy to sell more of your ideas, products, and services guy named Ruben. He was a screenwriter and a teacher of screenwriting skills, was in the process of creating an information product on how to write compelling story screenplays and stage plays. Basically, we talk about a screenplay and we talk about storylines, and he's an expert at this. And I'm going to tell you, this one recording is one of the most popular downloaded recordings on my entire site. Wow. There's something about this storytelling interview that people want to know about. It's very valuable. I would encourage any of your listeners, when they get into hardtofindseminars.com, to find the section on all the copywriting interviews and listen to this interview. And also, I make it a point with a lot of my interviews, not this question-and-answer type style interview that we're doing today, but if I'm interviewing an expert, I will tell that expert, before we do the interview, I want you to come up with five or six case studies, stories, that we can interject throughout the interview. So we want case studies, success stories, and I sprinkle them all through the interview, and it acts as glue to the interview. It keeps your listeners listening because everyone loves stories. Yeah, and there's something else, too, which is, let's say, could you give me five tips on something that somebody could do today to get their audio interview thing going? That's another way of making the interview really valuable. Yeah, tips, absolutely. 
And I could give you those tips, and the way I could answer it, I could say, sure, Andrew, I could give you five tips, but instead, why don't you let me tell you five case studies, five stories of my students on how they were able to use audio and increase value, and that's going to be even better. So it's almost like when you tell a story or a case study, you take yourself out of the position of being the expert. If I said, okay, Angela, well, here's my Michael Sinoff tips. I'm the expert, and I'm going to tell you exactly what they are, right? Okay, Mr. Expert's going to spew his expertise, but I think I'm better off positioning-wise to say, you know, I may be an expert, but I'd rather tell you some case studies, some stories of some of my customers. So I'm going to tell you indirectly stories. It's like them telling you how my audio tips have benefited them. So it's almost like five of my case studies talking about how effective using audio interviews has been for them. So it's changed the positioning. Instead of me being the all expert, I've got five stories that are credentializing me for the effectiveness of my audio product. Yeah. And the person listening not only thinks of you well, but they relate to the person who's telling the story and learns the tips. That's right. You don't want to be the expert. You just want to be the conduit. You want to be providing the service by interviewing the expert. And this doesn't go across the board, but if you think about creating an audio information product, just find the expert and interview them. Leverage on their time, their life's work. Just interview them, and that's going to be a lot better positioning. That's why almost all the products except for this one, Audio Marketing Secrets, I'm not the expert. This is the only product I position myself as the expert on my website. Well, I think that makes all kinds of sense. Now, here's another question for you. I think this is also from Sophia. She says, what is your elevator pitch in terms of online marketing? i.e., if you could impart your best advice in one minute or less, what would you say? Give till it hurts. Give, 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 give some more until other people think you're absolutely nuts. <laughs> because sure enough, the more you give, the more you get. Give and you shall receive. Provide real value, and it will come back to you eventually. Just trust in that law. Trust in that law and just over-deliver and provide so much value to your potential client or to your listener and be the best, I'd say you can outwork them. There's a famous copywriter who was a world-class copywriter. He's dead now. His name was Eugene Schwartz. And he wasn't as talented as other world-class copywriters, but he outworked them. Where another copywriter may, you know, if he's writing a promotional piece for a book, the other copywriter may read the book once, where Eugene Schwartz read the book six times. He just outworked them. And in many cases, sometimes you have to do it. You can either outwork them or outspend them. So where other people who are doing audio interviews and they're sloppy and they have all this chit-chat in the front and they don't edit it or maybe the sound quality is poor or they offer a ton of music at the front and they're not respecting the listener. You've got to understand it's a human being out there listening to your content. You've got to appreciate and value their time. You've got to understand they are busy and there's a million things they could be doing other than listening to you. Talk about how great you are or how great your expert is. And if you disrespect them and don't value their time, they're just not going to listen to you. And you can outwork your competition and outsell them by keeping that listener in mind and doing them a favor by giving them the information that they want to know in an easy-to-listen-to format that provides real value that can change their life. And if you can do that once, you've got a friend for life, and you can do it again, and you can build a relationship with them, and they will tell their friends about you, and it'll come back to you. So do it right from the beginning. Boy, I sure agree with that. 
that's the end of my interview where I've been interviewed by Angela Treat Lyon from I Dare You Radio. I hope I've revealed a lot of information to you that's going to help you build your practice. And no matter what you do, whether you're selling legal services or whether you're selling lotion from your retail local hardware store, I hope you can use some of these ideas to sell more of what you have. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Michael Sinoff here with another bonus tip from Michael Sinoff's HardToFindSeminars.com. It's called an audio infomercial. Your audio infomercial, which I create for you, will sell more products of yours faster, easier, and for less cost than any conventional advertising method, and I guarantee it 100%. Imagine catching yourself at concert pitch talking about what makes your business or your product service unique, what makes it special. Imagine taking a professional recording of that perfect sales presentation that I create for you and giving it to your prospect as an audio CD or an internet download from your website. I can do this for you faster than you ever thought possible with my personalized audio informational recording service. If you're interested in this unique service, please contact me at michael at hardtofindseminars.com. In the subject line of your email, in all capitals, write audio infomercial, and I will get back with you with more information.